0: Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just Good morning, down. everyone, and welcome Sponsor. to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Today, we're going to explain a rather complex and maybe it's unfamiliar term for many of you. And that term is called the microbiome. And if you're a nutrition follower, you more than likely have seen this term around, whether it's blog articles you've read or podcasts you've listened to. But we want to take some time this morning to really explain and explore and hopefully answer some questions around this concept of what exactly the microbiome is and how does it affect our health. If you would like more information about the microbiome after this show you can go to our website which is weightandwellness.com and read a blog article that I just wrote and we posted I believe it was just last week on Mm -hmm. our website. So the blog is titled what is the microbiome, what does it do, and how does it Keep us healthy. So. And
1: Leah, I know I've talked to a few clients of mine who have already read that and think it's just a really great resource. So kudos on on putting that together and Aww. making it easier for our for our followers and our listeners to to kind of dive into this topic. Oh, thank you,
0: Shelby. I appreciate that. It it took many hours, actually,
1: more than <laughs> I expected to get that
0: blog article put together, but it came together actually fairly nicely. So in between that researching and the writing and trying to wrap my head around this concept of the microbiome, you know, I, I think I have a decent handle on what the uh-huh. microbiome is and just some of those impacts on our health. But I also just want to preface this or throw this out there early in the show here that the study of our gut health and the microbiome, it's still a relatively new scientific field only the last 15 to 20 years we've really had some firepower into the research behind this right so there's things there's definitely a lot of things that we know but my guess is that there's a heck of a lot out there that we don't know
1: exactly so
0: um so we're going to hopefully break down some of those things that we do know for our listeners this morning help translate that and give people some topics or some ideas on how we can make an impact on that microbiome right yeah so again what is the microbiome Um, And my name, I'll introduce myself now. I'm Leah Kleinschrode. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. I see clients at our Mendota Heights location a few days a week. Mm -hmm. And you've heard her voice now, but I have Shelby Olson, who is in the studio with me as a co-host this morning. Shelby is a licensed nutritionist with a master's degree in applied clinical nutrition and she works with clients in our Wayzata location.
1: So we're kind of on the opposite side of the world. For those of you who live in the mm-hmm. Twin Cities, Leah's in Mendota Heights. I'm in Wayzata. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get to see each other very often, but um, I thought it was really interesting, Leah, you and I both did our undergraduate degree in exercise science. And mm-hmm. then we both went on to do a master's program mm-hmm. in clinical nutrition. And here we are getting to kind of nerd out over the microbiome. Absolutely. Um, so I hope that we can share some of our insights and some of our passion for helping people understand how the microbiome, how the microbiome affects their health and what you can do to keep your microbiome working for you, not against you. Mm -hmm. So good morning, everyone. Of course, I'm excited to be in the studio here. I believe that understanding the microbiome um, helps us to see what's going on with our health. But as humans, we are mostly made up of microbes. All of you uh, germaphobes out here, stick with us. <laughs> may surprise you that we as humans are mostly made up of microbes. In fact, we have over 100 trillion microbes, both on the inside and outside of our bodies. And if you're thinking microbes, what is that? Those are the tiny living things that are actually too small to see with the naked eye, but they're on your skin, They're in your mouth, they're in that sinus cavity, they're even in your intestinal tract, really everywhere on the inside and the outside of your body. And we know as we learn more about this research, we have more microbes in our body than we have human cells because there are are approximately 10 microbes for every human cell that we have in our body.
0: That's just those numbers, a hundred trillion, <laughs> ten, you know, ten times more microbes for every human cell. Those numbers you almost can't comprehend just right. how large that is.
1: Yeah, and the majority of those microbes live in our digestive system, especially in the large intestinal mm-hmm. tract or the colon. So I'm sure you have heard some of the names of these microbes like bacteria, fungi, protozoa, and even viruses. But in most cases, when people hear bacteria, or fungi, or virus, they automatically associate that with bad health or disease, right? Mm -hmm. We've been hearing a lot about the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Clearly not something that um, we associate with good health, (laughs) but we are learning that not all bacteria, not all microbes overall are bad for our health. Mm-hmm. So that's really where we want to um, set that foundation for our discussion today.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. There's some that they're more they're more neutral, but some that mm-hmm. even work for us. Like you said earlier, Shelby, right. they work for us, not necessarily against us. They actually help keep the bad guys in check.
1: Right. So when we say the word microbiome, that's the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, mm-hmm. that is a collection Everything. of bacteria, viruses, fungus, um, mm-hmm. All of the above. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So now that we
0: know what microbes are, so Shelby did a nice job introducing that topic and some of the names of those microbes. Let me tell you now, so here's more of the scientific nerdy term for microbiome. We mm-hmm. know the microbiome is all the genetic material that makes up all of these microbes. So all of that, those bacteria, the fungi, the protozoa, mm-hmm. the viruses, and those guys, they again, they live on our body. They live inside our body. Mm-hmm. This is all the genetic material that make up these microbes. So these microbes that are in the microbiome, they help us do a lot of things. So yeah. number one, kind of first and foremost, is they help us digest our food. They help us break it down, absorb everything like
1: that. I think people have have started to buy into that idea a little bit more about, mm-hmm. you know, breaking down our food or affecting our digestive system. But tell us a little bit more because Mm -hmm. there are some other ideas about the microbiome. Right, right.
0: So another huge concept about the microbiome and what they do for us is that it regulates our immune system. Mm. We know, and I talk to my clients about this all the time, you know, about what is it, 70, 80 percent of our immune system is in that lining of our digestive tract, especially our intestinal tract. So we need all those, we need that, like you said, the good, the bad, the ugly, all Mm -hmm. of that really lends itself to building up our immune system and keeping some of those bad guys at bay.
1: So what I'm hearing you say, Leah, is that if you have tummy troubles, Mm -hmm. you may actually be more likely to get a cold or a flu. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Definitely. So that may be a new idea for you
0: listeners. Yeah. I'm going to share a little bit about that in my story a little later on in the show, so I have some personal history with that. Yeah. Um, But the microbiome also, you know, uh, protects us against the bad guys and it helps us produce some of our nutrients, some of our vitamins, specifically B12. So -hmm. vitamin B12, Mm -hmm. thiamine, riboflavin, which are a couple other of our B vitamins. Right. And even vitamin K. Right. So it's very interesting that actually they. We don't always necessarily get all of these nutrients from the food itself, but from some of these
1: microbes. Right. And as I was researching for the show, I was thinking to myself, well, are the microbes on my skin the same ones that are in my gut? Right. Because we actually have lots of different microbes on our skin as that protective layer. It's mm-hmm. not just a, a physical barrier. We actually have the bacteria, the fungi, you know, some of these other microbes on our skin. Mm -hmm. So the short answer is no. The different parts of our body all have different and distinct kind of communities, or I sometimes call them families of Mm -hmm. microbes. The skin has their group or their family of microbes. The vagina has a different family. Um, The intestinal tract has a different family of microbes. Each type of microbe likes to stay with their group or their family, Mm -hmm. much like humans do. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. We don't travel too far out of that group typically. Right. Yeah. And another interesting fact is that the microbiome from person to person differs. So your microbiome, Shelby, Mm -hmm. is not the same as mine. Right. And it's not the same as your husband's even. And it's right. not the same as my husband's exactly. even. So there's lots of differentiation and individuality between people. And that can even differ between twins, identical twins or fraternal twins. They don't have the same microbiomes, even though especially identical twins have that same genetic makeup. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, researchers have found that the microbiome in the intestinal tract from obese twins is different from... Lean twins, so Ooh. yeah, so interesting, right? So I think actually we'll put a pin in that and come back to that on the other side of our break. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Okay, I think we want to talk about them a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and last week, nutritional weight and wellness was featured on the TV program Twin Cities Live with Elizabeth Reese and Steve Patterson. We invite you to watch this interview. So if you didn't catch it live, we have this on our website at weightandwellness.com. The story was about Madeline, who was able to eliminate her back pain many years ago by eating real food. So Madeline was kind of the star of that show. But mm-hmm. One of our nutrition therapy counselors, Melanie, and many of you have heard her voice here on the show before, she also was featured to share Her simple take on food which she teaches to her clients in office and also in the classes that she teaches and she teaches that some foods really are harmful and some foods are healing so we encourage our students and our clients to always make that choice to eat the healing foods just as Madeline did
1: yeah we'll be right back welcome back to dishing up nutrition For the past five years, you guys have been asking us to put together and teach a real food cooking class. And I'm so excited to announce that we are offering a 90-minute cooking class at three of our Twin Cities metro locations. Starting on Tuesday, March 10th, Mary Ann will be teaching a class in North Oaks from 630 to 8 p.m. Um, The next evening, Wednesday, March 11th, you can catch her at Maple Grove again 6.30 to 8 p.m. And then Thursday, she's busy that week. Mm -hmm. Um, Thursday, March 12th, she'll be in our St. Paul location from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Now, this class is titled Cooking Basics Kitchen Tips. So be sure to come with your questions. We know Marianne, a longtime real food chef, is ready to help you make your cooking a more rewarding experience. Now, I think the key with Marianne, um, she's fabulous. She helps to bridge the gap between chef talk and home cook talk. Mm -hmm. She speaks in layman's terms. So if you are wanting to amplify some of those kitchen skills, you're not really sure where to start. We believe real food is powerful. And we want to give you guys more of the, um, ways to cook at home and feel confident when you're at home. So Marianne's a great resource for you. To sign up for one of these new, exciting classes or to learn more, you can call our offices at 651-699-3438, or you can go online to weightandwellness.com. Yeah. So
0: that'll be fun. It will be. I was part of some of like the testing groups yeah. that were going on, and I thought Marianne just really did a wonderful job Keeping it simple, but also engaging people, taking questions and really making sure everyone is getting the most out of the classes that they could possibly do. So I think this is just another great kind of experience and helping, like you said, people get some confidence and get some answers to just some of those things that come up when you're cooking, when you're actually trying to make a recipe.
1: And you know, Marianne teaches and cooks the weight and wellness way because Mm -hmm. she actually caters some of our um, nutritionists uh, media. So, <laughs> yes, you know, it's top quality if yep. um, if she's feeding all of these brains that prioritize real food and good fats and quality protein. Yes, so
0: definitely. Yeah. We've been lucky to be on the receiving end yes. of some of that.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. so, Leah, before we went to break, you were just telling us a little bit more about um, the different microbiomes between different people. And you mm-hmm. had said, obviously, even people who who have the same genetic material, like twins, for Mm -hmm. example, can have different microbiomes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yeah, let's
0: let's come back to that thought and then we'll start expanding on that, that researchers have found that the microbiome in those intestinal tracts from twins. So they have that same genetic background, Mm -hmm. but one twin is obese and one twin is lean, they found definitely differences between those microbiomes. And specifically, uh, researchers have been looking at the differences between people who are obese and people who are lean. And they have found that people who are more obese have less diversity in mm. their microbiomes, in their digestive tracts. And it seems that, kind of, one, one big concept that's coming to light is that the more diversity, that a person has in their microbiome, so more variety, should we say, is then that leads to better health outcomes or that it it seems to lend itself to better health for that person.
1: Exactly. And research is actually showing that autoimmune diseases are also associated with less diversity Mm -hmm. in that intestinal microbiome. So, you know, for example, type 1 diabetes is considered an autoimmune disease. And they're finding that when... People have these autoimmune diseases, they're starting to see that they have a less diverse intestinal microbiome. So, mm-hmm. um, one of the things as nutritionists that we do is we work to identify any um, nutrition or lifestyle habit that could be going against. Mm-hmm. The good gut bacteria that yep. could be going against that diversity. So, diversity is key. And oftentimes, people's symptoms improve. They have less inflammation, they have more energy as their microbiome changes. Yep. So, another word that I think of that just kind of popped into my brain when I think of microbiome, it's almost like a rainforest or a garden mm. where you want to have a variety of um, components. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just have all of, you know, one thing, lacking diversity is actually detrimental to the system. Definitely. Overall.
0: So we need different kinds
1: of plants. We need different kinds of bugs. We need different Uh kinds
0: of mushrooms and Uh some of that fungi even. So lots of that. And they work symbiotically or they work together in that ecosystem to make sure that things are thriving.
1: Right. Now, just as the microbiome differs from human twins, it also differ- differs from person to person Even when they grow up in the same house Mm -hmm. and have the same parents or that Mm -hmm. same genetic Mm -hmm. predisposition. Mm -hmm. So the variability in each individual's intestinal microbiome may explain why different people respond to different foods. You know, so, Mm. you know, we have some family members that maybe have a sensitivity to eggs. You know, maybe someone has a gluten sensitivity, you know, there are lots of different influences on our microbiome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, Leah, one question that I want to ask the listeners and I want to pose for our discussion today is mm-hmm. if we know diversity is important, how do we maintain? Um, well, first and foremost, we should start about how do we get yep. diversity mm-hmm. in our microbiome and how do we maintain that diversity? So, you know, we've got a few big picture ideas that we just want to put together here. And then we're going to go into further detail um, as our show goes on. So we know that babies who are born vaginally have Mm -hmm. exposure to that mucosal membrane in the vaginal canal. Mm -hmm. It happens to all of us. It's a part of nature. Um, That's the way it is. Now, Babies who are breastfed or um, babies who are bottle fed with a probiotic supplement. That's another way that we can get that foundation of bacteria. We also know, as I've been learning with some of my new mama friends, um, skin to skin contact with family is really Mm -hmm. important. So, Once baby's born, we want mom, we want dad, we want siblings, you know, anyone in that immediate family to have that skin-to-skin contact with newborns because that helps them develop their microbiome. Yeah.
0: So that's, I mean, interesting, Shelby, that you bring that up. So when we ask clients in the counseling room, you know, were you born, you know, did you, were you born via a vaginal birth or C-section mm-hmm. birth and they give you a funny look? Yeah. Like, why are you asking about that? Right. It's because, you know, it can make a difference. It can. It's something that it's good for us to know. Just mm-hmm. thinking about going back to how you were born can impact that microbiome and can impact some of that diversity. So it is important to know. And that
1: it's so funny you mentioned that because just this week, I was talking with a new client and I asked her, well, you were you breastfed as a baby? And she goes, no one's ever asked me that. I don't know. <laughs> and thankfully her mom is still alive. And she's like, I'm going to have to ask her about that. But we know we can have that exposure in those first few months, even mm-hmm. the first few years. Um, and that makes the difference with the diversity in the microbiome. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've got some other ideas as well. But you know what? We've got to go to break. Yep,
0: absolutely. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And today our show is focused on helping you understand three big questions. So what is the microbiome? How does the microbiome affect your health? And how do you support the diversity in your microbiome, which is just what we left off with? So we will answer more of those questions when we come back. These days, we live online. At Nutritional Weight and Wellness, they are online to help you live better. Just ask Michaela; She's at her home in Utah. How did you hear about Nutritional Weight and Wellness?
1: I started listening to the Dishing Up Nutrition podcast, and I've had a lot of hormonal and digestive issues and pain from endometriosis, and I was looking for help.
0: That's where you heard about the Nutrition for Weight Loss class. Did you take it online?
1: Yes, I did. And with the class, I got two sessions with a nutritionist, and I met with with her over the phone she put together an eating plan and things were starting to change
0: has it made a difference
1: it definitely has my stomach is settled and the pain is gone and with my hormones stable my depression and anxiety are gone as well
0: a success story and she never left home thanks Michaela if you or someone you love is outside the metro or outside our time zone you can still take advantage of life-changing guidance from
1: Nutritional Weight and Wellness call 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com online Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. The week of March 23rd, our Nutrition for Weight Loss classes start at all seven of our metro locations. And if you sign up by March 16th, you can save some money. $50 Mm -hmm. off with our Early Bird Special. Now, Leah, I know you teach nutrition for weight loss. Mm -hmm. I teach our nutrition for weight loss series. And really, as nutritionists and nutrition educators, we have some very specific goals with this program. First and foremost, my goal is to help people reduce cravings because Mm. when they can reduce their cravings, they can lose weight. Okay. I was going to say, the title of the class says weight loss. Yeah. That's the number one. But
0: (laughs) cravings, you said, actually getting cravings under control is key to weight loss.
1: And that's what I tell people. If you're having cravings, all of a sudden, the fast food, the sugar, the kind of processed foods seem more appealing. Mm -hmm. So when we eat in balance, the Nutrition for Weight Loss program is designed to help reduce cravings and support weight loss. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, more of an advanced goal, mm-hmm. um, we're telling our all of our secrets here, uh, <laughs> more of an advanced goal as a nutritionist is to help you reduce your pain and inflammation. Mm-hmm. So food is very powerful. Now, if you want to learn more, you can go to weightandwellness.com. You can read about all of the benefits. You can, of course, get the cost. Um, While you're on the website, though, check out some of our success stories. This is a life-changing program. Um, You can learn more on our website, or you can call 651-699-3438 to get any of your questions answered. Yeah. So Perfect. Yeah.
0: So, Shelby, we left off before break talking about how we get some of that diversity, which is key for the health of our microbiome, how Mm -hmm. we get some of that diversity, even starting very early on in life. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to plug in just a couple more things that, you know, researchers have been looking at that early life development and how where that microbiome comes into play. Right. Yep, and so researchers they have found some interesting observations. So this is for all of our dog lovers out there, <laughs> Shelby. Both you and I, we both own dogs and yes. have dogs as part of the family. They have found that researchers uh, researchers have found, excuse me, that infants who live in homes with dogs are generally less likely to develop childhood allergies because the infant's microbiome becomes more diverse for those microbiomes because, well, we know dogs. They like to chase all sorts of things. They like to sniff around at all sorts of things. They like to roll in a lot of things. Right. So they pick up a lot of different things, bugs. <laughs> for and better, microbes, for or better, for worse. For better, for worse, yep, exactly. So they pick up a lot of things and then they have contact with an infant. You know, maybe they like to lick them or yep. the infant likes to pet them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, again, it leads to some more diversity for that infant. right? Uh, and then another thing, thinking about, well, and I think about this now with my 18 month old, that age old saying, you know, just let kids play in the dirt, yes. get dirty, because we pick up just lots of different microbes from the soil, from the dirt that helps lend itself to some of that diversity
1: and Leah that's so funny because that just uh, really brings me back to my childhood um (laughs) most summers um when I was growing up I would go stay with my great aunt Charlie um Mm -hmm. who is just the most amazing uh she calls herself an old tough bird or an old farm lady (laughs) so I'm I'm not these aren't my words these are hers but one of the things she always um Kind of recounts is when I was staying at her house in the summer, she had a huge garden, vegetable garden, flower garden, um, really this kind of microbiome, so to speak, in her backyard. And she says, I will never forget... You would dig a potato out and you would eat it like it's an apple or you would pull a red pepper, you know, off the plant. You didn't care if it was washed or anything like that. You would just eat it raw. And she says we need, you know, as a as a human, we need the vegetables, of course. But she says sometimes the the dirt isn't so bad either for us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> a little, yeah, a little dirt with those microbes just lends itself to that diversity. Exactly, exactly. So, listeners, here's a question that may grab the attention of many of you. How might microbes be affecting our weight? We know that weight gain, obesity, and how well your metabolism works is very complex. It's not calories in, calories out, like we were told in the past. It's just not that simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to how well our
0: metabolism works, there's several possible answers that Mm -hmm. researchers have kind of started sussing out at this point. They found that gut microbes, they may influence your appetite. So they may make you feel more or less hungry. Mm -hmm. Or depending on that makeup of your microbiome, Certain foods may give you gas or bloating after eating or they may cause more inflammation in the body. Right. So after working with hundreds and I would even say thousands of clients at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we right. have found our clients experience they've experienced fewer cravings just like you said a couple minutes ago Shelby and they're able to lose weight then easier. Just by adding in some of that beneficial bacteria, we talk a lot about bifidobacteria being a big player there. Right,
1: right. Now, when we say beneficial bacteria, we may also use the word probiotic. Mm -hmm. I'm sure many of you listening have heard the term probiotic. But when we break that word down, pro means for, Mm -hmm. biotic means life. So we know that that bacteria is supporting life. And I have to catch myself. I'll I'll be very transparent. We understand as nutritionists and dietitians how important bacteria is for our overall health. But just because this is something we do day in and day out doesn't mean that every person out there can quickly make that connection between oh my tummy troubles are coming from a lack of good bacteria or my brain fog is coming from a lack of good bacteria. Mm-hmm. So um, I think as health professionals, we need to step back and and really acknowledge when we say, oh, we know this. We're speaking from our experience, mm-hmm. not not this definitive idea that, oh, you don't know this, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. not a judgment or, or anything like that. So um, when we think about. Clients who are able to say no thank you to cookies and candy or those other sweets, we find that the beneficial bacteria plays a role in their cravings Mm -hmm. and, and kind of that brain chemistry. So the beneficial bacteria supports diversity in the microbiome. We've got more beneficial bacteria and oftentimes that beneficial bacteria crowds out the bad bacteria. So it's a it's a balancing act. Yeah. When we have the probiotics in our food and perhaps even in a supplement, we start to change that microbiome in a in a healthful way. Mm -hmm. And people feel better then. They
0: start to notice then less inflammation. Mm -hmm. The cravings start to go. Their brain starts to work a little bit better. So that's how it starts to show up. for people's bodies.
1: Now, Leah, I know your brain works like mine where you want to understand the science behind things. Mm -hmm. But how did you come to look more at the gut And the microbiome. Oh my goodness. We (laughs) want to go back that far, huh?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, Shelby, like you mentioned before, like some of this information really is new for our listeners or for our clients, but all of us at one point were newbies to this. We were all, we all did not have this understanding. And I was in that camp for sure. I will say they do not teach you this in dietetic school and things like that. Uh, So, for me, thinking back, I my I usually start my stories in class saying that for me, I know my health troubles began and end in the gut. Right. And for those of my clients who have had those tummy troubles or had intestinal issues for years or sometimes even decades, we know that truth all so well. That when you right. when your gut's out of balance, you just everything else in the body feels off kilter. And so for me, when I think back, I think back to like right around like midway through college is when I started noticing digestive issues for myself. It would be like gas and bubbles and bloating. And it Mm -hmm. didn't really seem, at least in that time, I couldn't really track or figure out, okay what's causing this? There wasn't a specific food or anything like that. Uh, So now fast forward a couple of years, it morphed into like loose bowel movement several Mm -hmm. times a day. And it continued for years, even after graduation and when I was starting out in the workforce and things like that. During this time, I also developed arthritic knee pain. I was a soccer player. I've been a soccer player since I was nine. So my knees have taken like a brunt of of my physical activity. Right. But in my 20s, I was like, why am I having so much knee pain? I don't (laughs) think this is normal. So this is those questions that you start to ask yourself at that point. Right. Um, And my anxiety would seemingly hit out of nowhere. Yeah. And I remember my low point being I had been out of college for a couple of years now. And I remember I don't even remember what set off that very first thing. But my digestive kind of defense system was so low that I had three bouts of food poisoning over the course of three months. Wow. So, and so that's uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. It was not a fun three months, I will say that. And so, this was something I was like, I didn't put together and make those connections right away. It actually wasn't until I went back to school and I was in my graduate program that I was even introduced to the idea of the gut microbiome and how, you know, maybe some of this could play a role just in how we how we
1: feel, our health right. and things like that. And really, it sounds like it started out slowly. It started mm-hmm. out like maybe some of these symptoms were like, oh, they come and go. I'm not going to worry about them. Oh, you know, maybe talking about the knee pain and, and thinking, well, I that was just an my soccer athlete. history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But then the three bouts of food poisoning in three months was kind of like your body being... Leah, we've got to do something different. (laughs) We've got to do something different here. Mm -hmm. So I would love to talk a little bit more about the microbiome and some of the practical things. But Leah, can you take us to break? Yes, let's do that. We'll come back on the other side of break. You are
0: listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And I want to remind everyone out there that I recently wrote a blog post about the microbiome. So it was dated February 18th of 2020. So if you want to just go a little more in-depth to what we're talking about today here in the studio, you can go to our website, weightandwellness.com. Click on the link at the top. That's blog and articles and things like that. Mm -hmm. And you'll find my article. It's titled, What is the Microbiome? What does it do and how to keep it healthy? And then next Saturday, we have a really fascinating show planned for you called Estrogeneration. How estrogenics are making you fat, sick, and infertile. So join Dar and Marcy and we're going to have a special guest. His name is Dr. Anthony J. He's got a PhD and they're going to talk through some of the highlights in his book, which is that Estrogeneration title. So if you know someone out there who has breast cancer or who has had breast cancer Mm -hmm. or you have thyroid issues, this is the show for you for lots of great information and answers and much more. We'll we'll... be right
1: back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. For all of you listeners out there that like a good deal, I just want to let you know that today, Saturday, February 29th, is the final day of our 15% off sale. So that means you can get 15% off all NutriKey products like our bifidobacteria, like our vitamin D, even like our wellness Way protein powder. But you can also receive 15% off counseling. So if some of these ideas about the microbiome have resonated with you this morning, um, maybe set up an appointment with one of our weight and wellness nutritionists. Now, you don't have to use it today if mm-hmm. You want to take advantage of that discount. We'd be if awfully is, busy then. Yeah. <laughs> but just know that if you purchase or if you set up your counseling session today, um, our front desk will make sure that you get that 15% off when you do um, actually have your appointment. So that's a really fun thing for us to be able to offer off all NutriKey products. You can order those um, at NutriKey, our website. You can go to weightandwellness.com and click on products. You can also learn more about how we work with people by going to our website, weightandwellness.com, or you can call the office 651-699-3438. And for those of you who like a little of the um, kind of inside scoop A little birdie told me that our product of the month for March is going to be the probiotic bifidobacteria. So we're talking good gut health through the month of March. So um, keep an eye on that if... that's something that you want to start taking, or you know, you already are taking. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's
0: a perfect segue for what we're talking uh, yes about it today. Is. Yes.
1: yes, it is. So, before we went to break, Leah, you were talking a little bit more about how you started to realize that your gut microbiome was less diverse than you would have liked. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that's the under- it mildly. Yeah, the <laughs> understatement. But as we mentioned earlier, a healthy gut tends to have more diversity. And we know that anything that might cause a loss of species um, diversity in the gut or causes more of a shift towards harmful microbes or even having fewer of the beneficial bacteria and yeast and those sorts of things, those can all have a negative impact on our health. They show up very differently for different people. So you know, research is still ongoing about all the ways our microbiome influence our health. But, you know, short of collecting and analyzing your own stool, <laughs> um, here are some signs, some body signs that your microbiome is in distress. So this is kind of your body's way of communicating with you. Mm-hmm. Heartburn, gas, mm-hmm. maybe bloating or cramping or pain, having any of that indigestion, constipation, of course, diarrhea and loose stools is um, your body trying to ask for help. Um, having early fullness or even feeling nauseous mm-hmm. or on the verge of feeling like you have to vomit. Um, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, or even some ear inflammatory bowel diseases like Crohn's disease and colitis. Um, I was listening to um, a... Microbiologists talk about the connection between different fungi and Crohn's disease. So we could probably talk an entire show about that. But colon cancer is another one that pops up here. We know that people who have sufficient bifidobacteria can reduce their risk of colon cancer by 50%. That's no small number. No, no. So if you have any tummy troubles you want to look at increasing the diversity in your microbiome. Yep. And
0: Shelby, you listed a whole bunch of digestive symptoms related to like, how might we see some of that imbalance in the microbiome? But the tricky part is some of these symptoms can also be non-digestive system related. So we've mentioned brain fog a couple of times. So just how your brain functions is a huge indicator of the health of your gut. But other, and we also mentioned autoimmune diseases, things like rheumatoid arthritis, type 1 diabetes, MS, Crohn's. So that being said, it's so important to feed the microbiome the foods that it likes, giving it the diversity through probiotics
1: and and feeding into that gut microbiome. Okay, so here's a big question. How should I eat... To feed my microbiome. Mm. Yes. Everyone's on on the edge of their seats, right? Oh, right. (laughs) Then we we waited till the end of the show to put it in there. Here's some good news, listeners 60% of our microbial diversity is impacted by our food choices, and our microbes are relatively quick to adapt and shift to changes in our diet. Really, the research that I was looking at in terms of yeast and fungi those can shift within a 24-hour period of changing our diet. Mm. But that means getting the sugar out, getting the processed foods out. That means we have the power to have a major impact on our gut health and even our brain health Mm -hmm. and our joints and Mm -hmm. all aspects of our body by changing that diversity. And that really goes back to what we put in our mouths. I've seen this time and time again. So it's Mm -hmm. it's very common for me to make those connections between good bacteria and good health. But the answer is really quite simple. Our microbiome thrives on fiber and the flavonoids in whole vegetables and fruit. So eating one to three cups of vegetables at most meals, that is a take-home message today. Mm -hmm. When you have adequate fiber. Now, as an adult, how many grams of fiber are you asking your clients to eat, Leah?
0: Usually I'm aiming for somewhere around 25. 25
1: to 30 Mm -hmm. grams of fiber. Mm -hmm. That means you've got to be eating vegetables throughout the day, Mm -hmm. not just at dinner.
0: Right. That would be really uncomfortable to get in 25
1: grams of fiber in one meal. Right. (laughs) And we know that the fiber helps With that diversity. And if some of those vegetable choices can come from fermented foods, that's great too. Each uh, kind of traditional culture has their own probiotic rich or fermented foods. So one to two tablespoons of sauerkraut, maybe you add kimchi or fermented carrots or fermented beets. Or maybe you're Scandinavian and you want to add in um, whole milk or full fat kefir, mm-hmm. Bulgarian style yogurt. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the real food options that help to supply your microbiome with the good gut bacteria and to support the other microbes in our body. So, Leah, as we're kind of coming up on the last minute of our show here, really, do you have any other tips or tricks that that you'd share with people besides vegetables and fiber anything else that you did personally to change that diversity in your microbiome because you're you're feeling a lot different now absolutely. than you were yeah right yep.
0: absolutely no really I learned about the microbiome during mm-hmm. my graduate studies but it really wasn't until I changed how I ate and really focused on those real foods that after, I know, I would say at the three week mark, yeah. I was like, oh, this is a lot better than what it was before. Right. And one big thing that I was doing was consuming a lot of artificial sweeteners. So I'll, I'll kind of leave that out there and with people, that. too. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio.